This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Today is episode number 100 of the Practical Prayer Podcast, and that is reason for celebrating. 100. Love that number. Yeah. And actually, that was the topic that you wanted to use for this episode, which is celebrating. So what you mean? (laughs) The interesting thing is, and I shared that with you before, the topic of celebration had been an important discussion with some other groups the last couple of weeks. And then when I realized that we were in 100, I said, well, that's a good thing to talk about, celebration. And we wait for special occasions to celebrate. But there are a whole lot of reasons that we can celebrate. I mean, just a whole lot of things. And we use the term gratitude, but you can do a little better, I think, than gratitude because celebrating is putting on a little bit more effort, like that next level of effort. Not to diminish what being grateful is, of course, because we are grateful, you know, for the air we breathe, for the food and all we can think of thousands of things. But then going to the next level and celebrating or celebrating little accomplishments that normally you would think is no big deal, but everything adds up, everything is important, everything means something. So celebrate it so you can feel good about doing the next thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And interesting that you're talking about gratitude. There is actually one holiday on our U.S. calendar that is one of the steps in a practical prayer, and that is the Thanksgiving. And the Thanksgiving holiday is all about gratitude, and that's the second to the ending step in a practical prayer. And gratitude is hugely important in a prayer because it is the gratitude for the process and the gratitude for the good that's already coming about because we set the intention for the good and put the creative law in motion. And so now it's happening. So it is natural to be in gratitude for that. And also because gratitude gets us out of our ego and out of the way of trying to figure out how this good is going to happen. And we just get to turn it over to the infinite. And then there's that Thanksgiving holiday, which is all about gratitude. And we can celebrate the gratitude in every time we do a prayer. We don't even need to do it as a prayer. That's one of the five steps in a prayer. We can do gratitude by itself. And Thanksgiving weekend is the busiest travel weekend of the year. Because in addition to feeling grateful, we're getting on airplanes, we're buying turkeys, we're extending the dining room table, we're scheduling stuff. My next door neighbors for years and years would put a big tent in their backyard because everybody they knew would come over and they wouldn't fit in their house. And it's starting to get cold. So there's actually some work to be done in in order to have a celebration and a holiday there. But it's the work that goes into it 
the intention setting of this is going to be meaningful. This is an opportunity to have the family together, to connect in love, to be something bigger than just a Thursday is really activates that. And the celebration becomes bigger than just gratitude. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it takes, you know, a bit of thought sometimes because we're not used to it. We're working toward a goal. And so we know we're going to celebrate whatever we may decide, however we may decide to do that. That goal is what I'm going to do when I make it. But there's a whole journey to getting there. And I believe sometimes during the journey, it doesn't mean that every step is what we think is successful. So because there's some, some terrible things, sometimes discouraging things that happen along the way. But with each small thing, if we are deliberate about celebrating it in some way, it encourages us to go on to the next thing. Now, celebrating may be just getting yourself an uh, ice cream, if that's what you're into. Or for me, I'm going to get some sushi. <laughs> <laughs> and if I have little projects, you know, I'll have my mindset. I'm going to finish this Thursday afternoon because I'm going for the sushi on, you know, Thursday after three. So it's... <laughs> That's so organized. Well, but it gets done, and then I'm really happy about it. When I miss the deadline, I don't go get the sushi. But I laugh about it, you know, because I just have made celebration an important part of everything I do. Because it means that I tried it, even if it didn't work. If it didn't work. And yeah, there's a bunch of those things. I did it. Matter of fact, it was something I was thinking of recently. I kept saying, do I think I can do this? do you think this is okay? And I'm going through my mind and I'm like, do you think it's okay? <laughs> you can do it. So what's the okay part? Just go ahead. And it was a light bulb moment. I thought, yeah, I'm celebrating this because that sounds like a small thing, but that was a big thing because it was an awakening or an awareness that what am I waiting for? Approval from who? Is that going to make it any easier to do? No. I mean, can you do it? Do it. Yeah. Well, you can do it or you can't do it. As you're saying that, the question that came up on my mind is if you say, all right, I have this new project and it's going to take me until Thursday to get it done. So I'm going to get this done by Thursday and then I'm going to go have sushi. And if between now and Thursday, you determined that eh, this is not the right project for me or the Thursday timeline is way too optimistic, or there is not adequate resource to get this done now. Do you call off the celebration or do you have the celebration anyway? No, I call it off. Now, I won't say call it off. I push it because, listen, I mean, it's rare that I'll set a project and it not happen. Now, it may not happen the day that I set the goal because, you know, unforeseen things happen. But if I decide I'm going to do this, it's getting done. It may not get done until the following Tuesday, and then I'll reset the celebration for then. Do the celebration for after Tuesday. Yeah, you know, because we talked about the Bible, and it's everywhere else. Even James Allen talks about this. Before you start a project, you should look at everything that is required and see if you have everything you need to get it done. Otherwise, everybody's going to know that you were Jack Lay and you didn't do it, or you didn't do your due diligence. So once I've done all of that, it's happening. There's some people who think that due diligence is a project unto itself. And it you is. really can't know if you're going to do the project until you do the first project about whether or not you can do the entire project. And that doesn't apply in every form of project. I've been doing a lot of technology work. 
And with some of the programs, the first thing we need to do is figure out where we are. Mm -hmm. And of all the things that we can do, which are the ones that are actually going to be beneficial? And trying to do step two before you do step one is a wonderful waste of time and money. Yeah, yes, it is. But deciding what the project is going to be, even before you get started, is a big help. Because I stay in my lane and people ask me to do a lot of things, just like with anybody. And I just stay in my lane because if not, there's a huge learning curve to try to do what you ask. And then I'm going to mess it up probably anyway, because it's just not, it's not me. Right. Because who they recruited for, it turns out to be a highly competent novice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Which may or may not be helpful. And when you talk about ego, sometimes I don't always understand what you mean. I just listen. But that one I get. Saying yes to something that you know, you probably shouldn't be saying yes to. You know, just stay in your lane. Just be okay with that. In a lot of cases, that's understanding what the actual answer means. Since you and I met, you have been impressed by the fact that I say the answer is always yes. Mm -hmm. But we need to work out exactly what the question is going to be. The answer is going to be yes. And if the question is, will you do this for me? And I just say yes, then we may wind up with me doing something that I'm completely unprepared and unqualified and unenthusiastic about doing. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we spend a little time on, well, what's the question here? Are you looking for somebody who is completely inexperienced and has no skill set and reference or ability to succeed on this program? Are you looking for that sort of assistance? Because if you are looking for incompetence, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what the actual request is, then the yes is going to generate exactly the result that we can anticipate. It's no, there are some things that I am immensely unqualified for. You want somebody to sing the national anthem at your baseball game? Do not call me. <laughs> if you want it to be a comedy routine, that's a different story. But if you expect it to sound like the national anthem, everybody's going to like stand there with their hand over their heart instead of over their ears, it's a different program. Yeah, yeah. But you got to have a pretty good grip on yourself because people will just ask. And to your point about the yes, everything being a yes, I find myself trying to figure out how do you say no in a yes way, in a positive way. And sometimes it takes a little thought. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not a quick off the top of your head answer, but I'm getting good at it. Yep. And I just actually gave you one of the great examples of the way that you can do that is you translate the small initial, what seems like a request for a yes, and you take it to the part. If we start down this path, where is it going to wind up? And then say, all right, based on everything I know, if I do this, if we say yes to this, this is where it's going to wind up. Is that what we're saying yes to? They'll change the request. Yeah. And when you do that, and it's not to say people don't think clearly before they give out an invitation, because I am flattered always and humbled when somebody asks me to do something. But also, no, I don't like the feeling of embarrassment. So I'm not doing that. I'll even say, you know what? And I did say this once. I will help you coordinate this behind the scenes, but I can't be your point person. I'm not going to jump off of the high dive, but I will be happy to help push you off the high dive. You will be much happier with somebody else at that mic that day. <laughs> yep. And it's a matter of fit and harmony. Harmony is when the pieces fit together. Mm -hmm. The story of the jigsaw puzzle. Like there are no bad pieces in a jigsaw puzzle. No, it's taking time to know that it's okay. You know, that this is the piece that I have and it's okay if I fit in this part right here. 
And if I don't know where it fits yet, then that's okay too, because that's part of the process. Like I'll set this one aside and I'll find some others and fit them together. And then maybe I'll understand where this piece fits in. So it's a yes, but not yet. That's important because there's a yes coming up that's appropriate for you or me. You know, my yes is over here. <laughs> Let's take a break. And after the break, we will continue with our celebration. And what is there to say to that? But yes. Yes. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, still in the spirit of celebrating. Yeah, we're talking about celebrating, and actually during the break, I wrote myself a note to get some pom-poms. And I'm trying to think of what other physical items we can have that indicate that we're planning on having a celebration. There's something to be cheerful about. Okay, so tell me what you do with pom-poms later. I got to start thinking about what I'll do then. Yeah, I mean, get yourself some pom-poms because there's something to cheer about. And if I'm going to have something to cheer about, then I'm going to need pom-poms. So I should get the pom-poms now because there's going to be something to celebrate and to cheer about. By the same token, I'm remembering that I do not currently have a bottle of champagne in my refrigerator, which I generally like to do. And that was a trick that my dad always did. He always had a cold bottle of champagne because when something wonderful happened, he'd take it out and open it up and pop a cork and have a toast. And it didn't happen that often, but many, many moons ago, I went over and brought my new fiance and told the family that we're going to get married. And he went and got the champagne out. <laughs> and it's different things. You know, if somebody goes, do not stop and pick up a bottle of champagne on the way home from the AA meeting because you want to have a celebration sometime because that's not going to work. But there's something that we all can have that means celebration to me. So find what that is. Get some pom-poms. You know, I have this table behind me now that I can put the pom-poms on getting some other toy props that are on the way, which are very helpful because they're metaphysical toys. Well, give me the list. I need, I need to know what metaphysical toys are. Okay, get yourself a Weeble. Weeble? Remember the Weebles? The Weebles wobble, but don't fall down? Yeah, some yeah. Some little dolls that you push them over and then they bring themselves back up to upright. And Weebles used to go like immediately back up to straight, but now they're, they take a while and finally come back into alignment. And that's a wonderful reminder that when something knocks us down, and we're all disoriented and we're not where we belong to be, that we're weebles. We're in the process of swinging back and forth and coming back into the alignment, which is our birthright. And if we happen to bump into something along the way, then it's going to make the trip a little bit longer. But our inherent nature is that vertical alignment. Hmm. I like that. So weebles are a wonderful metaphysical toy as an example. And there are others. I'm not remembering what's in my Amazon shopping cart right now. 
but the pom-poms are going in there because I'm sure they have the right color pom-poms. Now they got to be a right color. Okay. Well, if you're going to get pom-poms, they're going to be a color. And it turns out that purple, which is like the purple pillow, supposedly spiritual color, wonderful for doing weddings and things like that, is, is also was my college colors was purple. So I get a two for that way. Hmm. Okay. Well, I have to think about the color because one week I tried to do the purple shirt because whatever reason I was going to do it. And it turned out to be a beautiful shade of blue online. That's right. So, yeah. On Zoom. Yeah. Did you find a purple pillow yet? No, I haven't found that. I found ways to make the pillow purple, but not the actual purple pillow that I was looking for. Okay. Well, now the question is, will, will the purple pillow be the celebration of you accomplishing something else? Or will you actually getting yourself a purple pillow be something worth celebrating? <laughs> the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, two metaphysical shops near me. As a matter of fact, I go to that shopping center a lot. So I'm going to go in there and see if they have weebles. If not, they have some toys. I haven't thought about toys like that. If somebody actually has weebles and they've thought of that for metaphysical toy purposes, let me know. Because that was something that occurred to me in one of our daily meditations. And it just sort of became a thing. Yeah, but it's a good thing. I like that, though. Especially when you talk about sitting up our vertical. What did you say? You called it our right position? Yeah, coming back into alignment. You know, alignment and harmony. I like that. Our God-ordained alignment. And with the weeble, it doesn't work if there's no gravity. Because the bottom of the weeble pulls against gravity more than the top of the weeble. Mm -hmm. But that's weeble mechanics. We really don't need to go into that right now. Weeble mechanics. Okay, no. We don't you can take any two words and put them together and make it sound complex and esoteric. And deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, loving it, right. But I want to say this about celebration. When I talked to some people about it, they were not feeling it because they think that celebrating has to be attached to something really big. Not just Thanksgiving, but an accomplishment, you know, a graduation or whatever it might be. But if you think about the blessings that we have on a regular basis, it's not like it doesn't happen. Everybody has blessings and great things that happen to them every day. But some people seem to have a whole lot of unblessings, so to speak. You mean the challenges? Yeah, yeah. You set them? Yeah. One of my sons says that bad times fell upon them. Thinking, how do bad times fall upon you? You know, you're walking down the street like bad things happen or fall on you. But all of us go through difficult times to some degree or another, but everything changes. And one of the things that I find myself being ready to celebrate is the fact that everything changes. Nothing stays the same. And I don't know how or when this particular situation is going to change, but there's a sense of celebration and gratitude because I know it's going to, and it's going to be better, and it's going to be cool. When I put myself in that mindset, it's easier even to go through difficulties because it's going to change. And the joyful, wonderful part about it is I don't know how spirit's going to do it. That's going to be interesting to see what the outcome is going to be. Because the opposite thought of that is that when you're afraid of something and apprehensive, it's not the storm we're afraid of because we've been through storms in our life. It's what is it going to be like after the storm? What's going to be still left standing and all of that. But the idea that when the storm is over, I'll still be standing, that's pretty good. 
You've actually, and I'm going to quote one of my favorite mentors. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you. I'm going to start with bad times have fallen upon me. Mm-hmm. And what a classic example of victim consciousness. Bad times have fallen upon me implies that I have almost no participation in the confluence of the bad times. They're a thing out there that's sitting on a ledge and then some malevolent force pushed them onto my head. And I was just walking along, minding my own business when suddenly the bad times fell upon me. Exactly. Okay. So like, let's back up a little bit. And what happened with the bad times? Well, I lost all of my money. Well, what happened right before you lost all of my money? Well, I was in this great card game and I bet all my money. It was like, that was not bad times falling upon you. That was you gambling (laughs) all of your money. (laughs) So yes, and that particular hand was a bad time falling upon you. But really, it's trying to blame the bad time for the loss of the financial resources. No. So sometimes there's a bigger picture that's in there. And the other thing that happens is when we're looking at the times and we're saying these are the bad times and these are the good times, and you were alluding to this a little bit, it's easy to see God on a gorgeous spring day. I mean, the sun is shining and the grass is growing and the flowers are blooming and the birds are chirping and it's beautiful. It's easy to see God. Much more difficult in the middle of a blizzard when it's already three and a half feet of snow and Mm -hmm. there's not... Oh, and then the electricity goes out. Harder to see God. God is no less present there, but our experience of it can be more difficult. And it's the ability to see the good in the situation and celebrate the good in the situation, even when it's not obvious, that really is our ability to create our experience. I like the word ability, but it has to be exercised so that we're able, but you have to exercise that ability. For example, when you were talking about difficulties and the snowstorms and all of that. So I get determined and say, all right, Spirit, what is going on here? You're going to have to show me because this is a mess. (laughs) And so if all things work together for good, where's the good in this? And I'm not letting up until I see it. So for me, it's determined to see the goodness of God because it's there. And I'm really not wrestling, I don't think, with God and spirit as much as I'm wrestling with me. Clear out the other stuff out of the way. When you were talking about something put you in a difficult situation, I was thinking today about some situations that I know some folks are in, and I use the thought of reverse engineering. Okay, so when you want to be enlightened, you're following the breadcrumbs, you're following the light and all that, you're going forward. But when you're in this crappy situation, you got to reverse engineer that thing and look at the breadcrumbs that you followed, that you dropped and followed or got in your way and you followed. So it's not magic exactly, although I love that word magic. It's practical. It's just practical. You can figure it out. It might have been a tiny, tiny little decision, but there it was. Mm Mm-hmm. I really think if you demand to see it, sit still long enough, it'll come to you. That day you decided this, everything changed. Yeah, took the wrong inter- exit off the highway. It's an interesting notion of, are we willing to backtrack? Are we willing to go back through the experiences that we've had and say, where did this come off the rails and start bringing me to this experience that I've been having that I didn't like, where it seems like bad circumstances have fallen upon me? At some point, I <laughs> I went under the overhang and knocked out the thing that was holding up bad experiences, and they fell down. It's like that's the only place they had to go was upon me. But that requires some maturity and some work. 
You actually got to do the process rather than, and it's so much easier to sit there and say, oh, woe is me. I've been victimized. It done happened to me or it done happened to me again. It's not productive, but it's easy. Mm, yeah. Only you know what your threshold for pain is. And when you get over the threshold, you turn around and look and say, now, what did I do to cause this or bring this into my world? It's something. It's something. And it doesn't always feel good because, you know, we make dumb decisions. That's just what we do. It's part of the human experience. Just sometimes we do stupid. But that's not a bad thing because everybody does it. <laughs> so at some point or another. So, okay, that's what I did. It wasn't cool. Let me see what I can do to correct at this point. Yeah. There tend to be two ways that we go through growth experiences. We are either pulled by passion or pushed by pain. Either there's something that's so exciting and so wonderful that we're drawn to it. And we just want to do that and do that and do that some more. And then the other possibility is things have gotten so bad and so wretched and so terrible that we can't imagine continuing along the way that we've been going. Mm -hmm. And in either case, there is growth that's happening. There's change and transformation, and that's the way that it works. So we do not have to be looking over our shoulder for the bad times that might be about to fall upon us. <laughs> Instead, we can do it in an intentional way. Let's take a break and resume with a prayer about seeing the good in God in everything. Get inspiration in an instant. God Calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God Call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're talking about celebrating today. Yeah. And we can celebrate the great things that are going on in our lives, or we can celebrate the great things that are soon to be going on in our lives. And in some cases, when you schedule the celebration, that's a big part of creating what it is that we're going to be celebrating. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a prayer. And the prayer is about the classic metaphysical ability to look a fact in the face and know something better, to look at a circumstance in a situation and understand that there is something better that's available. And as we've been talking about, that is the determination to see the goodness of God in spite of appearances. So whatever the circumstance or situations, it's different for everybody. We all have our own story, our own experience, our own high points and low points, and we all have different desires. There are things that I want that somebody else, if they had what I wanted, they'd be miserable and vice versa. So it's not like the goodness that we're yearning for and that experience and that feeling that we're yearning for is universal, that everybody wants to do or have the same thing. 
there's something different for everybody. So as is comfortable, bring to mind that next new experience, that next new feeling of success and completion that you're seeking, that you're yearning for. And imagine for yourself the celebration that you're going to have once that's part of your day-to-day experience, not something that you're striving for, but something that's actually right there at hand. Take a deep breath in. Let yourself be filled with that possibility. And breathe out and let go of your attachment and your attention to anything other than that divine power and presence, God itself, that dwelleth within. Breathe at whatever pace is comfortable for you. Breathe in the awareness of the presence of God. Know that that infinite creative power that creates everything that same creative power that has created all the galaxies, all the stars, all the planets, all the particles, all the people, all the places, everything, every moment, every activity, everything is that divine God presence revealed in its own specific and particular way. And that includes me and each one who is listening to this prayer, each of us, all of us, divine and perfect expressions of that infinite goodness of God, sometimes showing up in ways that are obvious and joyous, and sometimes showing up in ways that are a little bit misleading or hard to understand or challenging. And still always the invitation to set that next intention for the goodness that we are seeking. And that infinite creative power that has created each of us is creating that newness now. The goodness of God is at hand. And as we open ourselves up to the awareness, to the guidance of what that goodness is, the love unfolds, the goodness reveals itself. And we get to take a step and another step and another step. And throughout all of it, we can have a celebration. We can celebrate the fact that we are part of this process. Even if the final experience isn't at hand yet, we get to celebrate the fact that it's unfolding now for and through and as us. The last step in a marathon is the one that's the most remarkable. It's the one that determines exactly what the time is and the success and the completion of the race. But every step that leads up to that moment is equally important. Because without the first step, the last step is not possible. So I know that that good, that love, that newness is unfolding now differently for each of us as we step out on this path and invite the guidance and the energy and the enthusiasm and the perseverance to continue on in joy and happiness and success. And that's how love unfolds. And it's happening right now for and through and as each of us. This goodness is unfolding now and there's nothing that stands in the way of it. As we turn away from the challenges and open ourselves up to the awareness of the goodness of God, it becomes more and more obvious. And the good happens, and the love unfolds, and the success is at hand. And so with gratitude for all of this good, I speak this word, and I release it into that creative law, the one that always says yes. And I know that it once again is saying yes. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.
This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.